Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a guy who would never say Peter Parker doesn't have guts, my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? That's right. He, he's a tough guy. He's not a coward. Could we say the BMOC? I'm doing well. Eddie, you know, we have another pair of Spider-Man issues that take place during this tumultuous time in our history, so I invited a special guest to help us sort through it. Here is Chris Ewing. Uh, tell the listeners about yourself, Chris. Well, I'm a Sagittarius. I've never met a single malt whiskey I don't like. And I enjoy long walks in the woods. Oh, that's probably not what you're really asking me about, is it? Um, so I've been a lifelong geek. I've enjoyed comics, you know, superheroes, Star Wars, all that kind of things. And I just thought being here on the podcast seemed like a lot of fun. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Chris, why don't you tell us about what you hope to bring to our podcast today besides some sage Sagittarius advice? In my day job, I teach history to middle school students, and I think given the important events taking place in these issues historically, it seemed like a good fit for me to be here. All right, Chris. The Amazing Spider-Man 68. Mission, crush the kingpin. Surprise, we open with the kingpin. He's plotting to steal an ancient tablet that, if translated, could reveal great secrets. After hearing Spider-Man's name, he wrestles six brutes at once. Did I see Crusher Hogan in there? Anybody? Anyone's going to reply? This was going to be a quick one-off for me. I, I didn't. Did I? <laughs> All right. Uh, the Kingpin dispatches them and then fires them. Chris, what's your thoughts on this legendary secret tablet? So here's this magical tablet that we have that can do all these amazing things, and it's just going from university to university on the hopes that some college kid can decipher it. Like, why don't they get Reed Richards? He's in New York. He's a brilliant man. Why don't they have him look at this tablet? It seems kind of silly to me that, you know, it's like some generic university. We've got the hopes that some college kid's going to decipher it and unlock the mysteries of the universe. James B., anything you want to add? Yeah, I... I found the secret tablet, uh, excuse me, this legendary secret petrified tablet or whatever the heck it is. You know, they're comparing to the, the Dead Sea Scrolls. I don't even know anything about those things. I don't know why I'm supposed to care so much about this. But um, we're not going to talk at all about the fact that uh, the Kingpin decides to fight like a half a dozen guys. You know, these dudes are running around shirtless. He's just beating the crap out of them, telling for like five pages um, that no, that's that's not worth talking about anymore. I guess it's, not. We it's just... it's just his exercise. He didn't even break a sweat. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on, James B. At the bugle, J. Jonah Jameson gives Joe Robbie a hard time because he's thinking. Peter makes a new friend in Joe Robbie's son, Randy, but becomes confused when he's unsure whether to protest a new installment for the tablet on campus or not. Fortunately, he runs into Gwen soon afterwards and forgets entirely about any strife in his life. Eddie, why is Peter so confused about, like, what to do in the situation here with with Joe Robbie's kid Randy and that dude Josh? Like, what's the big deal? Why can't Peter make a decision? Well, I, he's like a superhero. So I, I think we're having this problem. Like, he wants to, he says, wish I had t more time to get involved in this thing. But we know, like... Superheroes are supposed to be rule followers to a certain extent, and this is this kind of protest is it's it's not really rule following. In fact, there's a very gray area in this issue and probably in the world at the time. I, we I think we need Aunt May to help him out here, isn't he? She the moral compass for Peter. Yeah, what's 
What's going on with Aunt May, anyway? Where is she? Oh, I was just about to talk about that. Gwen and Peter visit Aunt May more infatuated with each other than they are aware of Aunt May's bed-stricken ailments. On his way home, Peter runs into ESU campus protest and is poo-pooed by protesters, as he is unsure which side he should join. Chris, you're a bit of a history buff. Does this protest and racial tension thing seem accurate the way it's being portrayed for the times? Yeah, it certainly seems very fitting for the late 1960s. I also kind of like the way when it was written, you know, Peter's called Whitey. Robbie's son is referred to as an Uncle Tom, you know, in- indicating that he's, you know, working for kind of the man, as it were, and helping to do the oppression. But then later on, they call Robbie's son, Randy, a soul brother. So they're kind of back and forth on this whole thing, trying to showcase the fact that the, the writer back then is aware of what's being used, the kind of lingo in the slang of the time. I think you, you're exactly right. The lingo used in this little instance here is so pervasive in what's going on all throughout, you know, the world. I mean, we're January 1969 here, so there's definitely been some protests going on. I'll I'll tell you what happens to Peter here. The protest becomes heated, and Peter finds himself caught in the middle of trigger-happy guards and protesters. The kingpin sees the protest and an opportunity to snatch the tablet in the chaos of the protest. He rolls into the protest with thugs in tow and easily breaks into the building, subduing both protesters and guards. Eventually, Spider-Man swings into action, and although he is gas-attacked, he saves Randy Robertson. The Kingpin makes off with the tablet, and we end with Spidey trailing the Kingpin's car. Chris, was this a good plan by the Kingpin, or did he just get lucky? I think the Kingpin, using this distraction, makes sense, but I was kind of struck by the fact that the college kids see the Kingpin, and they're like, there's the Kingpin! This guy's this, you know, known criminal crime boss and he just gonna wander around New York. People know who he is, but the cops aren't stopping him. It seems kind of really weird to me. And then along with that, at one point Spidey, you know, knocks him to the ground, pummels him, and just leaves him there. He doesn't web him up, doesn't try to <laughs> apprehend him, detain him. He just like leaves the kingpin laying on the floor, who then later on of course gets up and walks away. And it's like, what are you doing, Spidey? Come on, web the guy down. James B, what do you think of the issue? I really think overall I didn't learn that much from the issue. I don't think it progressed Spider-Man's story that much. Now we're going to talk about the following issue in a moment and then I might say well 68 was there to set up 69 but I think sitting by itself if I owned issue 68 I'd be pretty disappointed. I mean I'm, I'm not that really impressed with it. Eddie what do you think? I totally agree. This was one of my least favorite issues that I've read in quite a while. I mean, I do like Joe Robbie and Joe Robbie's son getting getting a lot more character development with them and like the protest on campus. But like the tablet and I, you know, the Kingpin, remember when we read that issue and the Kingpin showed at the very end and we were like, whoa, that means like way more. Yeah. He you know, the, I, he was the brain, the brain um, washer or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the brainwasher. And now he's he's like, I mean, he was an opportunist for sure in this issue, but he seems like far too punitive, I guess we could say, like wrestling his own guys and slapping them around and firing him left and right. And then like a big time organized crime boss. So definitely thumbs down for me too, James B. Chris, what do you think? You know, I'm still struck by the fact that Right in that whole mob scene breaks out, the cops grab the kids and they're like, we're going to charge you with property damage and illegal possession. 
What of what? They don't even say they're the kids. What, 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 what they're possessing? Like, you know, what? Strong words? I mean, I don't know. It just, it was not a strong, a strong issue. I will agree with that. Um, well, we got to get to the better issue for sure. So, uh, Eddie, please get us out of 68 and tell us what happens in Amazing Spider-Man 69. All right. Amazing Spider-Man 69. Mission. Crush the Kingpin. Weren't we just talking about squashing a spider not too long ago, James B.? Maybe if you're lucky, I'll put the little Eddie's quote about getting squashed right here for you. He's trying to squash me. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Spidey is hunting down the kingpin with his spidey sense. The kingpin is unconcerned because he has both stolen the ancient tablet and confident he will defeat Spider-Man. The only time the kingpin seems vulnerable is when someone mentions his wife. We flash to Randy Robin. Randy Robertson being held at the police station on charges for damaging ESU property and conspiring with the Kingpin. Chris, James B. doesn't like the seriousness of this comic. What's your thoughts? I think going back to the time period we're looking at and the racial strife taking place in America, it's important again for Marvel to kind of be able to showcase what's taking place through the characters we see in the issue. And I think that here, you know, you've got Randy's trying to do the right thing on campus, but meanwhile, his dad is working for J. Jonah Jameson. And so there's that ongoing issue and tension right there. Also, though, I just want to say, it's not truly serious here because the protesters are, are out there shouting, cook an egg, cook a goose, turn the demonstrators loose. That is not a powerful protest chant, people. Come on now. <laughs> What are you talking about? That, that would intimidate me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gwen gets mixed up in the protest, but puts the smackdown on protesters talking jive about Peter Parker. <laughs> Captain Stacy attempts to reassure her all is well while she privately frets about Peter. Meanwhile, a crafty Spidey tricks the Kingpin's men and swings into battle shirtless. Yeah, he's uh, he got, I got a shirtless Spider-Man, and then the Kingpin's been wrestling people and telling everybody he's not fat and oh. he's all muscle, and he's starting to stay in shape. Um, guys, are we reading Spider-Man? Or Chris, is this like a men's health magazine now? What, what's going on with this thing? <laughs> he's our favorite neighborhood scrawny kid, and suddenly in these panels, he looks like he's like Charles Atlas and from the ads that were in the back of the comics back in the day. It's crazy. Uh, let's not forget about that wonderful web creation. I don't think we've seen one. So just to be clear he, here, he takes his shirt off and webs up a webby Spider-Man <laughs> and then flings it in there so that all the Kingspins men shoot at the webbed up costume, I guess. Uh, I, I don't think since uh, I, he fooled the Green Goblin, he fooled um, Foswell was the last time we saw Spider-Man make something webbed into his costume to swing around. But it definitely happened there, James B. Mark it for the record. Spider-Man makes webbed something. Hey, I got my 1973 Mego action figure here, and it is a <laughs> Spider-Man doll, basically, and he has red hands and he has his red head, and you could take his shirt off, and I, I'm telling you, you're going to get an image tomorrow on Twitter, Eddie, of what the Spider-Man doll looks like from this issue. I can make this happen. All right. I can do this. This is going to be a classic. You're going to love it. Um, why don't you wrap up this summary of this one? All right. It appears that Kingpin gets the best of Spidey, but in the end, he is defeated and captured. It looks bad for the old Kingpin, but he cleverly convinces police he was in cahoots with Spider-Man, and when Spider-Man eventually presents the police with the tablet... He is shot at. Since he has no respect from the authorities, Spidey decides he will embrace his status as a menace 
from this day forth. Where is Aunt May? Spidey has lost his moral compass again. Is this? Is she not in this issue, Eddie? Is that why she took one issue off and he's a villain now? <laughs> we, we had no Aunt May laying in bed. I don't know what to do with myself when she's not around to like tell him she's frail and should have some uh, pancakes. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wheat what? cakes from like... Wheat, a, thank you, yes. What, from Amazing Fantasy 15? <laughs> That's correct, James B. He needs his wheat cakes. He doesn't right. know what to do. <laughs> if you're going to talk about product placement here, at least let me get our sponsor in, for goodness sake. All right. Eddie, sometimes people need a, a job during the holidays. For example, college kids might want to be a mover, but not everybody can be a mover. I mean, how many movers do we need? Do you agree? I, I guess so. We don't need too many movers. There maybe. you go. <laughs> so, so, Eddie, if you're a strong fit person and you can't get a job as a mover what are you to do well i'll tell you what to do consider the ever-growing field of daily workout sparring partners for crime bosses crime bosses from chicago to new york to florida they, they need to work up a sweat and there's a shortage of daily workout sparring partners eddie especially in 2021 you know what i'm talking about hey i bet you're wondering are you qualified as long as you can climb a flight of stairs and move decently fast, this is a job for you. What's that you say? You're not a black belt karate fighter. That's okay. It really doesn't matter because crime bosses are available to make mincemeat out of you whether you're a black belt in karate or you just wear a black size 34 belt to keep your pants up. Wrestling crime bosses <laughs> keeps the blood circulating so your hands don't get numb. They'll pay you, they'll fire you, and you're on to the next new experience so you don't get bored. You'll make lots of new friends. I hear you might even meet MWA star Crusher Hogan. Hey, don't be a stumble bum. Join the daily workout sparring partners for crime bosses today. Open to residents age 18 and older. Wrestling crime bosses could cause serious injuries. New hires cannot play possum with the crime bosses. See our ad at the back of the 32-ounce bottles of Big Bald Boss Cream. Daily workout sparring partners for crime bosses is a union job. So, Eddie, are you considering the growing field of daily workout sparring partners for crime bosses? I, I refuse to be a stumble bum on any grounds. So. Correct. It's like, don't be a stumble bum. Does that mean you're ready to join the daily workout sparring I'm partners? I'm afraid I will be referred to as a stumble bum if I join this organization. Chris, you want to help us out here? You know, I have to say, I am a, a union representative at my school, and I fully <laughs> approve of any kind of union job. I think this is fantastic. I also want to say I'm a big user of Big Bald Boss Cream. Big. That's where you can see the ad. There's an ad right on the back of that. This is a double sponsorship where Chris is helping. I I can't I can't approve of sending our listeners to get beat up by crime bosses, James B. <laughs> you, it's just no way. Listen, Mr glass half empty you it's a workout uh, i just i don't even know what to do with you sometimes i'm I, telling you as, I, as long as it's consensual what's the problem okay come on now <laughs> just to get beat up i so so we're gonna be off to the side room like working out all day and then the kingpin bursts in it's like it's time to fight right and, and then, then you're like boom get paid new job that's it and eddie i just want to say it's you know do not play possum when you're fighting a crime boss. <laughs> Super villains hate that. It's true. Did you guys notice in this issue that uh, people were playing possum? Was there possum playing? 
I did not notice. So on page 15, somebody yells, Kingpin, look out. He was only playing possum. And then Spider-Man attacks the Kingpin. He knocks him out. And then he says, got you, you blundering fool. Two can play your game. And he kicks him in the face. They both play possum on page 15. It's a double possum. This is a this is a common fighting trope we could say in the world of Spider-Man. I, it's at least the second, if not third time, someone said playing possum in the battle. Like they use the term, Chris. They're just big on announcing, "Oh, you're playing possum," as opposed hmm. to like "You fooled me" or "What happened there?" You know. So, hey, let's um, let's we we've got time to talk about these issues a little bit more. If there's anything you want to talk about, what do you guys think of the second book? I, we talked about the first book not being that good. I think the second one has more action to it. It seems a little more uh, involved. I mean, certainly, you know, seeing Spidey with his web creation and, uh, you know, kind of jumping into action there, it seemed a little more kind of typical Spider-Man kind of fighting fighting the villain. I, I noticed there were two big slaps in this one, right? <laughs> one on page three, when uh, the guy mentions the Kingpin's wife. It's a, it's, a, it's a slap, right? I mean, he almost kills him, yeah. but it's a slap. And then you turn the page... And two pages later, somebody says, hey, Peter Parker doesn't have guts. And wham, another slap from a real angry one from Gwen. She takes him down, right? It was impressive to see Gwen just resort to violence when she was angry. I mean, <laughs> uncharacteristic for the, she's not crying. You know, the ladies in Peter's life. She's not going to cry about it. She's going to whack this guy. <laughs> Chris, if you join me on the top of page six, if you have your book handy or, or whatever you're reading, uh, there's there's a panel there that has a bunch of characters in it, and uh, there's some there's some great lines in there. Um, Gwen starts off and she says like, "This won't help. You're making all things worse. Getting ourselves arrested won't give us the low rent dorm we need." So she's bringing up the you know the social situation, and then the response is, "Okay, beautiful. Got any better ideas?" And then. The other guy says, hey, it's Gwen Stacy. Where's your chicken boyfriend, lady? He hasn't got the guts to stand with us. Uh, totally understandable that she would whack this guy. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, if you look very closely, by the way, different characters get take the, the guy who takes the punch for it isn't the guy that even said yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's a lot of fighting in this. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with Chris here. This epic kingpin spider-man fight this is a correct me if i'm wrong 20 panel fight uh in this issue and james b i know we like traditionally fighting is not not our favorite parts of right the comic but you know my big this is part of my biggest problem i can live with the fact that the kingpin can can go toe-to-toe with spider-man because he he does like in battle but like He's a huge dude and fighting for 20 panels. I mean, he'd just be too tired. <laughs> I, I struggle with the Kingpin fighting against Spider-Man for such a long time and still being essentially fine at the end, not like dead. <laughs> was this the issue or was it the earlier one where Spidey webs um, Kingpin's cane and causes it to like explode or backfire? Was that in 68? Was that It was this point? one. He like shoots it into the tip of the... the yeah. Kane and it, that's that's what actually finishes the kingpin off. That's the final move. It just seems funny to be like he can he creates this other you know web mannequin in the prior issue and here he is now just you know shooting this fine tuned thing and that somehow his cane can't handle pushing through some webbing and it kind of explodes. So seems so is to... Spider-Man's web like it's super important in the storyline when he chooses to use it, right? 
Yeah, Com- completely. It's rare. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I don't want to use the web here. I'll, I'll just, I'll duke it out for a while. You know, he's there's there's punching on thirteen of the twenty pages. If somebody's hitting somebody, you know, so there's a lot of fighting in this one. No, oh, I just do not like this. <laughs> This one and the previous book. I I don't like this. And then the police shooting at Spider-Man when he's trying to return the tablet. And then Spider-Man being confused about, like, what should I do with this tablet? Like, there's there's too much for me here. Chris, um, did you have any other thoughts? I know you're our guest, and I know you had a lot of thoughts when you were first talking about this issue. What else did you notice? Anything? So when Peter takes off his shirt to create the Eddie's favorite, you know, web mannequin there, uh-huh. um, afterwards he's complaining that his webbing is sticking to his bare skin. So it sticks to his skin, but not to his suit. Like, is his suit some sort of like Teflon fiber here? Like, what's going on with that? Like, how is Boy. that a thing? Eddie, you want to deal with his suit? I, it, he's always had problems with this suit, and I can't fully explain this why it's suddenly such a problem and why does he have to put it back on too it, he could just fight shirtless right no problem yeah I, I, it's weird it, it could be he'd be identified people be like hey i recognize you from the the, 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 <laughs> so, your, the contour of your muscles or something there's a, there's a birthmark on his right shoulder or something but yeah, I, not visible in the drawings i i also want to say so in both these issues 68 and 69 Two times, Spidey knocks Kingpin to the ground and doesn't web him in place. Like, Spidey, come on, learn from this. It, it makes these fights far less valid. I agree. It, you're not going to get much out of me because, I mean, James B., th- this is, these two issues are approaching my top ten worst issues, if not top five, I think. I really didn't like them. I Oh, I find it kind of awkward that they're in Anna Watson's, um, her, they're in Anna Watson's house, and they're so like together. Like it feels like mm-hmm. a little awkward, but it's okay. Well, we know Captain Stacy wouldn't mind. Seems <laughs> me like Peter kissed. I think he kissed Gwen, and Captain Stacy was like, "I was once a young man. Don't worry." <laughs> Well, I just meant that, like, when Peter shows up, like, it's he's not with MJ, who I always oh. think he was sort of going out with at one point. Then all of a sudden, he's oh, with Gwen. Oh, I Wen. see what you're saying. And I'm saying he goes into the house, and, you know, oh. she's like, yes, you know, he makes me feel as weak as a kitten. And I'm thinking, oh, hi, Peter. I mean, they're all part of the same group, but there was so much time that they wanted to set up MJ with, you know, you're right. going to set your niece up and my nephew up, and now he's with, like, a different girl. I guess the big thing I would talk about that we've, sort of avoided is the end of the issue. Um, the cops are shooting at him and Spider-Man's thinking for the upteenth time, the more I try to help the law, the more they hunt me, the more they hate me. And then the last panel says, okay, then if that's how they want it, I'm through being a public fall guy from now on. It's Spidey against the world. If they call me a menace and treat me like a menace, I might as well be a menace. And the next is this next, the point of no return. I guess he's going to be a villain from now on, like you said, without the moral compass, right? Then, yeah, that's how we're going to. That's how he's going to go. This is the end of him being a hero. It was, it was about about to happen, bound to happen sometime, right? He's a bad guy. Chris, I, 
Chris, do you find yourself compelled to know what happens next? Like, Eddie and I are going to continue this. Now, of course, you could always listen to us at Let's Read Spider-Man, um, you know, the podcast you're listening to now, or you could just send us emails, Chris, at Let's Read Spider-Man at gmail.com if you didn't know what to what was going on. But are you? do you think you're going to read the comics? Are you, are you curious enough to know what happens? You know, I'm a little curious at least to see where this arc goes. I mean, I like to kind of see how this resolves. I mean, after all, Spidey's right now in possession of, like, a priceless antique tablet which holds the secrets of the universe, and the Kingpin's, uh, you know, running off. And so what's he going to do next? I'm kind of curious where, where the arc goes. Yeah, I think it's going to go four or five more books, actually, before we actually resolve the tablet. But, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe it sort of ends in a certain way, but I, I think you got a little ways to go. So um, glad you're... Glad you're interested enough to see what's going on still. I'm sure it's going to end better than it began because it can't be much worse. <laughs> well, Chris, we're about to do the close, but let me first let the listeners know how they can find us. And you, Chris. Eddie, uh, excuse me. Uh, you can find us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com and at letsreadspidey on Twitter, everyone. You can find me at tofewing, T-O-P-H-E-W-I-N-G. On Twitter. And uh, now, Chris, it's time for you to do the close. Uh, we're looking for like a line from the story or a moral from the story and uh, just sort of tell the listeners to remember that and take it from there. And remember, listeners, if you're into a protest chant, please do it better than the ESU students. Cook an egg, cook a goose, turn the demonstrators loose. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Here it is. All right, this is the previous issues. Last panel. Say, looks like some sort of demonstration down below. At least it doesn't concern Spider-Man. And then it's, and this issue is called Spidey Gets Involved. And there's signs, by the way, just say, join the students, protest students for join the students. We don't know what it's going to be. They left it like hanging, like, oh my God, what's it going to be? And then they find out like, oh my God, it's a low rent dorm. Oh, oh God, because they didn't spoil that one for us. I'm looking at the signs on I'm on I'm on 68. I'm looking at the signs. Low rent dorm. Uh, student committee for a low rent dorm. Do or die for the dorm. One of them says ESU few. We demand and the guy's writing up a sign. We demand low rent dorm. <laughs> uh, Oh. Pretty much, this is most of it. This ESU few, like P H E W, like these signs aren't any better than their. their they, that's we need a sponsor to make these guys signs. There's a so, job. so real fast, a quick uh, quick search on on the interwebs tells me that New York City rent in 1970 was 108 dollars a month. So I'm not sure how low rent they want the dorm to be, but you could rent a whole apartment for 108 dollars in 1970 in New York. Of course, the 1970 money, though, that's like a thousand dollars today. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know how how low they want the rent. I mean, you know, but yeah, but like you, you guys were just talking a minute ago. Like the whole part that I even get confused on. Like, are we insulting them by saying we're giving them a low rent dorm, or are we trying to like? <laughs> I, I don't understand. Agree. 
which side of the argument we're supposed, am I supposed to be like, yeah, they need a low rent dorm, and they're like, oh no, they they, they don't need a low rent dorm. I'm like, Ugh. I don't, like I get confused. Oh. Chris, um, just, I'm rereading these kingpin lines. They're so my greatest asset has always been the fact that the world mistakes my massive muscles for mere blubbery fat. <laughs> Do you, if you have to keep bringing it up, kingpin, it's because you're fat. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I was looking like oh, he does so much fighting. He has incredible endurance too for being such a giant man. I guess fine. It's like when Pacepot Pot keeps telling everybody that he's the trapster, but he's not Pacepot Pot Pete anymore. If you keep mentioning it, it's it's a thing. Yeah. I mean, so change your brand. You, you can't keep the old brand around. You know, like like TGI Fridays is now just Fridays, right? They don't keep saying, we used to be TGI Fridays. They just say, we're Fridays. So he needs to just be like, I'm the trapster. 